you know, we are going to have fun. You know, Bill will say, we're not going to have fun. Like, I'm the teacher. We are going to have fun, too. I'm the mean guy. As much fun as you can have with a country that's doing so badly. <laughs> Welcome to The Buff Show, AM 950, 94.9 FM, The Answer Orlando. Matt Buff here with you in the Liam Fitzpatrick studio. Great to have you guys with us today. Hope you had a fantastic weekend. Uh, we went to the Trump History Tour in Orlando at the Amway Center. That was a very fun time. I spent the day with Rep uh, candidate Drake Wirtz. It's, he's a great friend of the show, great friend of mine. We got the VIP passes because we had O'Reilly on. He had a great time on the interview, and if you missed the Bill O'Reilly interview on The Buff Show, just go to thebuffshow.com, click on Shows, and you can see Bill O'Reilly right there and just hear that interview. So it's really cool stuff, but we really wanted to thank them for giving us those passes. It was very cool to go, you know, a little bit backstage and all that stuff and meet some really interesting people, though we did miss Trump and O'Reilly because we were like, uh, do we go to our seat? Where do we go? <laughs> and just uh, became a little bit of a debacle, but the food was great. I'll be honest with you, it was cool, and uh, it was a fun event, really engaging when it came to behind the scenes of the Trump administration. Trump himself got a big round of applause, of course, and Vanity Fair was wrong. People were interested in going to this event. It was almost a capacity, capacity, which was great, and uh, it was really cool to see uh, President Trump talk about you know, the different aspects of the administration, like, for example, when he told Barack Obama about when North Korea being the biggest threat to his administration, you always hear that soundbite, Obama telling Trump, you North Korea, probably going to be your biggest problem. Let me be clear, North Korea, probably your biggest problem. And Trump went on about this a little bit at the event and said, well, here's the thing, Barack, how come you didn't deal with it? And how come you didn't call that? <laughs> and Obama was like, wasn't in our plans. We tried to make diplomacy work. Doesn't seem to be working. That's why you saw all the things after with uh, Trump and Kim Jong-un and North Korea talking about fire and fury, talking about meetings in person and get your word that you're going to stop doing whatever you're doing. And it worked. We didn't have a North Korea problem, but now we have a Russia problem. We have a China problem bigger than ever. And we're going to have, uh, we see testing now happening in North Korea again. People do not respect, countries do not respect Joe Biden or this administration, no matter what kind of spin they put on it. We have sissies like General Milley running things, and it's just not working out to install fear into people like the Trump administration did. And yes, Milley was part of the Trump administration, and Donald Trump talked about him too, and said he didn't really have a problem with him. I thought that was interesting until he said he wanted to leave the weapons in in uh, Korea and Millie apologized for the walk to the church in D.C. I'm sorry, he didn't want to leave the, the weapons in Afghanistan. Millie said it would save money if we did that. That was ridiculous. And also how Millie downplayed the walk to the church where Trump held the Bible up in front of a building that... Black Lives Matter and Antifa rioters were destroying everything at the time. They were trying to show a sign of solidarity, and Millie apologized for it. That really is when he lost Trump. He also was asked by Bill O'Reilly why he did not 
fire Anthony Fauci, why he didn't do that. And he said, and I didn't like this answer from President Trump. He said, we had a lot of fires going on at that time. We didn't want to create another one. Fauci, with his lockdown plans and his vaccine plans, Trump was right. He wasn't a biggest character as he is now in the Biden regime. And he was more of a player, not the main guy. That being said, Fauci was recommending a lot of policies that were absolutely ridiculous and in, and and just doing damage to people's freedoms around the country. We don't need it, don't want it, and Trump should have fired him. The crowd was, eh. The biggest applause line of the night came when Bill O'Reilly asked Donald Trump a series of people's names, right? He talked about Nancy Pelosi. Trump gave some hilarious responses, and he really gave some awesome highlights of what he was able to accomplish despite the impeachments and everything. But it was when Bill O'Reilly asked him about Ron DeSantis, the roof blew off the place. That was the single loudest applause line of the night. And Trump talked about how he really helped DeSantis along as as payback because DeSantis was pulling at 3%, he said, in the primary against uh, against somebody who's been there running for eight years or whatever. But DeSantis really had Trump's back against the Mueller investigation. DeSantis got the Trump endorsement and now the rest is history that really catapulted DeSantis and they were and Trump was asked do you think this will be a ticket do you think this will be a ticket Trump and DeSantis crowd really liked that Um, a lot of people are thinking DeSantis without Trump would be just fine Trump without DeSantis would be fine some people say that too we on the buff show would love to see a Trump DeSantis ticket but we are on the side of DeSantis by himself would be do great but we're very selfish. We want to keep him here in Florida. And I would hate to see him as a VP pick. I know he would get things done, but he's not as powerful as a VP as he is the governor of Florida. So I think DeSantis is right to be focusing on the gubernatorial race here in Florida, keep hold of his job, keep us free, keep doing the awesome things he's doing. That would be amazing. And so a lot of good stuff out of that event. I'm sure there's going to be a lot more videos. We're going to put out more videos. If you go to the buffshow.com slash Facebook Orlando, we've already put some videos on there for you guys to see. So make sure to go check that out. And then we also have uh, the abortion law. This was a big one in the Supreme Court where the Supreme Court said Texas has the right to do their heartbeat bill, so it will continue. And it said Biden fumes over Supreme Court letting Texas abortion law stand. He didn't fume at all. He didn't even know it happened. But they put out a statement that he's very concerned that the U.S. Supreme Court let a Texas abortion law remain in effect pending legal challenges. Pending legal challenges. So people can challenge it, but now they already have precedent. He said that leaving in place the law known as SBH 8, which bans abortions after six months of pregnancy and lawsuits against people who perform abortions, puts women across the country at risk, at risk for their right to choose, at risk. Ruling this morning, one, uh, you can, the president has obviously been at uh, former Senator Dole's funeral for the majority of the day, uh, but we will be issuing a statement in his name. We naturally wanted him to see and review and edit first. Um 
We're going to be issuing a statement in his name. They do this all the time. Uh, Trump cleverly talked about how Biden's not running the show when it came to the $450,000 per illegal families. Biden saying that that's ridiculous. And then hours later, we see a statement of him saying, yeah, I support this. So they do. She just admitted they put out statements in his name and then tries to cover for it by saying, we'll review it, have him review it and make edits. So you will all be getting that shortly. Uh, but let me just note that we are the president is very concerned uh, by the Supreme Court's decision allowing SB 8 to remain in effect, given the consequences the law has for women in Texas and around the country and for the rule of law. Yeah, what she's talking about there is saying, oh, here's the statement that he's going to put out later. So get ready here. Listen to it. We're very concerned about that because women have the right to choose what happens to their bodies unless it's a vaccine. And the well, the kid in the womb is not the woman's body. That's actually his or her own body. So that's what the law is trying to protect. You know, it's called the heartbeat bill. Because there's a heartbeat there. Saki, if you found heartbeat on Mars or even bacteria, you would call that life. So this is a human life that we're trying to protect. And they're sitting there saying it's not safe for women to live in Texas anymore. Unbelievable. Fauci, on and on about vaccines. We have the Buff Show. We have the vaccine limit up to 17. That's our over. We're doing under 17, under 17 amount of boosters you're going to need to be considered fully vaccinated by the CDC. New They're starting to catch up. Change or not change that dynamic from what you're starting to see in South Africa and maybe some of the numbers in the UK and elsewhere. I think that's you're about to hear kind of resonant with what I You're about to hear from Dr. Kavita Patel, former White House health health policy director. These are the people behind the scenes. She works at a university now behind the scenes making this stuff happen would expect as somebody who's immunized that I'm safe. I've seen a lot more employers now putting masks back in. They've also been moving a lot more of their larger gatherings back to Zoom, kind of taking that virtual posture for anything that involves more than, say, five or six people. And then I think third, a lot of people are reconsidering, hoping the CDC will take action first, but reconsidering the definition of fully immunized to include that booster dose to provide that extra protection in the hopes that masks and other mitigation procedures could come off soon. Okay, so what she hopes for is three shots to be considered fully immunized. Right now, they consider you fully immunized if you have two shots. Fauci was on the Sunday shows, and she was just talking about it right there. It's going to move to three. Do I hear four, five, and six? How about you just stay out of our business and realize the real science, the real data, the real science is the 99% recovery. The real science is it doesn't really affect children all too much at all. The real science says the Omicron variant is a variant of the vaccinated and it doesn't really affect anybody. It's equivalent to a hard day work. I know that's why the liberals fear it. Number three, that's a baby in the womb. Science, 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 science. We'll be right back on The Buff Show. You stay with us. Liam Fitzpatrick's Restaurant and Irish Pub in Lake Mary. Happy hour every day of the week and all day Sunday. Dollar off drafts and house wines, $2 off well liquors. And Liam Fitzpatrick's has tons of special events. Tonight it's trivia night. Tuesday's half pound burgers, just five bucks. Liam Fitzpatrick's does catering and has a private room for your meetings and parties. Mention the Buff Show, get 10% off your order. Liam Fitzpatrick's Restaurant and Irish Pub in Lake Mary, liamfitzpatricks.com. 
Get ready to take down a phone number and website address. Everybody's talking about solar, specifically about solar electricity, and there are a lot of bold claims being made about it. Maybe someone told you that a one-size-fits-all solar system will work for you. You can go off the grid. You can create a power plant on your roof and retire from selling the extra energy back to your power company. Or maybe you saw the TikTok claiming the government's giving away free solar. The list goes on. All Solar is committed to working with homeowners directly to offer them a dose of reality. All Solar Energy has been providing Floridians with solar pool heat, solar electric, and other energy reduction products since 1999. In addition to homeowners, All Solar is the number one choice for roofing companies, property management firms, national sales teams, and even other solar companies. To learn what's really possible and if solar will even work for you, call them or go to their website and request a free energy evaluation. Spend some time with an expert and get all your questions answered about your specific energy saving needs. Learn about how you can reduce your electric bill before you consider solar. Make a fully informed decision so you don't have regrets down the road. What do you have to lose? Here's their number 866-412-4218 and the website www.allsolarenergy.com Welcome back to the Buff Show AM 950 94.9 FM The Answer Orlando Matt Buff in studio with you here Those devastating tornadoes across the country were horrific Prayers for all the family Reportedly over 100 people dead So is this really a time to politicize it for Build Back Better? I don't think so And why are we taking credit for gas prices coming down a few cents when you said it wasn't your fault they rose to begin with? Let's go to Gregory Wrightstone. He's a geologist and the executive director of the CO2 Coalition in Arlington, Virginia. Also, you've heard him on the show before, right? He's the best-selling author of Inconvenient Facts, the science that Al Gore doesn't want you to hear or know. Greg, thanks for joining us back on The Buff Show. Good, good to be back on with you again. Yeah, there's uh, when we talk about climate change, it seems like there's uh, something every day and usually a few different things. But especially, I was watching the television, watching Joe Biden's press conference, unfortunately, on Saturday, and he blamed the tornadoes that killed all these people on climate change, saying, and in using that to justify his build back better uh, plan. Uh, and so I immediately, I, I got back in, I knew in my book, Inconvenient Facts, I had data showing up to uh, 2017, 2018 was the latest, that actually tornadoes had been in a significant decline. They hadn't been increasing. He's alleging that global warming is is increasing these severe storms and tornadoes. And just the opposite is occurring. So I went back to, to update, well, this, is, this, gets, this is where it gets really interesting. National Oceanographic and Atmospheric Administration, NOAA, whenever I was researching my book, they stated you should not use... Now, bear in mind, we identify tornadoes using Doppler radar. And since we started, they started using that in the mid-1990s, 1995, actually. They said, don't use the stuff before that because a lot of them were missed. Uh, That was on the NOAA site. I went and looked on Saturday at the NOAA site. Well, it, they're using all tornadoes going back to 1950 and showing a great increase. But that, that wasn't an increase, actually, of tornadoes. It was an increase in reporting because we got better and better and better at reporting the data. And then if you look from 1995 when we started using Doppler radar, it's been flatter declining. Uh, so they're confusing. 
reporting, better reporting from 1950 to 1995 with, with actual numbers of tornadoes. And it's just completely opposite of what they were saying a few years ago. So Joe's got it wrong. It just seems when it, it's just crazy. The left always use science in their own way. No matter what we're talking about, they skew it to say, oh, my God, look at this panic. Look at this absolute panic more than ever. But if correct me if I'm wrong, tornadoes have been there for beginning. And I saw the same speech you saw. Biden's teleprompter was putting out information about how uh, tornadoes are a real problem because of climate change and this and that, which means we need to pass massive spending legislation that will hurt Americas and change the fabric of our country for the worst. I mean, everything he touches has been turning to garbage. So let's keep him out of the cleanup efforts in K Kentucky. How about that? <laughs> yeah. We always well, here. follow the science, follow the science. And uh, we've seen in COVID, they're not doing that. We're seeing in climate change, they're not doing that. They're telling us one thing and the facts, the science and the data tell us something completely opposite. Uh, we here, I'm the executive director of the CO2 Coalition, and here at the CO2 Coalition, we're a group of more than 80 of the top scientists and experts in the world dealing with climate change. And uh, we need, we're, we're out, we're trying to correct this misinformation. We're trying to put out the real science that shows that rather than the earth and its ecosystem spiraling into one disaster after another, we see our ecosystems are thriving and prospering and humanity is benefiting. And it's, it's really a good story what's happening because of modest warming and increased CO2. It's a, we see many benefits of increasing CO2. We should celebrate that. Oh, yeah. I want everybody to check out CO2coalition.org and click on climate facts up there. Instead of just listening to Dr. Fauci and Al Gore, maybe just check out some other sources that provide real data. I mean, Greg, you're a geologist, right? Yeah, You've yeah. been studying this stuff your whole life. Yeah. And I, you know, my, my book, Inconvenient Facts, was recently back on as a number one bestseller on Amazon. Uh, and just a little uh, little advice to you, Matt, if you write a book, make sure that Candace Owens interviews you because it does great things for the sales. And so uh, I was just, I'll be seeing Candace again this weekend. We're traveling to, to Phoenix uh, for the Turning Point USA convention. Um, I hope you meet up with her there because she just loved the book. She said it was transformational and what she knew and learned about climate change. Uh, so it's this, I didn't, but again, I didn't set out to write a book. I set out originally to seek the truth. As a geologist, I knew some of what we were being told about climate change was just wrong. I suspected other things were wrong. And I, I started getting into it. I started getting angry. And I got angrier and angrier. We're being lied to about so many things. And I needed to expose that. And that's, that's my mission now, to expose uh, the climate change misinformation. It's coming from one side. Uh, we want to, we're, we're very particular again here at the CO2 coalition. Uh, again, you could go to CO2coalition.org, click on climate facts. Uh, we've got a climate quiz. That's pretty, uh, pretty, uh, interesting. We've had a lot of good response on that. So take the climate quiz, see how much you really know about climate change. Uh, I'll, and we, I'm going to do that. <laughs> yeah, do that. And also we've got my new, uh, commentary. I just, we just posted over the weekend. Uh, concerning the tornadoes. You can see the actual, it's it's on our blog, 
you can see the actual charts that I'm referring to with declining uh, tornadoes. Uh, they, they said you should only use for long-term studies of tornadoes. If you want to go back to 1950, you can't, you can't look at all tornadoes because these little ones, there, there is such a thing as a little tornado, tornado EF5, EF2, uh, they're, they're still destructive. But they could have touched down in, you know, 1952, and there wasn't anybody around to take to look at it. Uh, but uh, they they say, well, if it was a large EF3 or above, like we just saw this weekend, people would recognize it. And so they're they're saying, look at the look at the EF3 and above tornadoes for long term monitoring, and we find that there's been no increase at all. And a pretty strong case can be made that there's been a decline in tornadoes. Well, I like how you guys are actually putting out the evidence, the actual tornadoes on the ground. And we're not diminishing what happened because it was just horrific, but this has been going on forever since the beginning of time. And what we have is ways to deal with it, better response times and things like that. When they political, when, when they politicize it like that as a reason to promote some awful legislation, yeah. it's just downright dirty. That just shows you how desperate they are. I want everybody to follow Gregory Wrightstone on Twitter at GW, uh, G Wrightstone, all right, at G Wrightstone. That's W-R-I-G-H-T-S-T. Oh, and I just hit the follow button on you because I saw that piece you wrote on the tornadoes. And then I also want to talk about something you wrote about and been sharing about is Biden talking about gas prices, the teleprompter spitting out information about gas prices. But when they were rising over a buck in the last year under his watch, they said, it's not our fault. It's nothing to do with it. And then it goes down a few cents, Greg. And all of a sudden, look what we've done. Well, <laughs> They should be they should be very proud and taking credit for the increase in gasoline prices. That was their goal. There's no conspiracy theory. They were very open about what they wanted to do. Their goal under Build Back Better and the Green New Deal and these other so-called green policies are to increase the prices for gasoline, for diesel, for propane, for electricity generated by coal or natural gas. And why do we want to? Why do they want to raise those? Because it makes it tilts the playing field. Instead of a level playing field, they need to tilt it in favor of uh, uneconomic, uh, unreliable, and not very abundant electric and wind wind energy electricity. So what they want to do is raise the cost of everything else. If you're paying nine dollars a gallon for uh, for gasoline. That, that electric vehicle might look a lot more attractive to you, but if you're paying two fifty, uh, you're going to say heck no. And it was funny, Pete Buttigieg. Yeah, I was going to say that Pete Buttigieg yeah. said the same thing. You don't like high gas prices? Just go buy an electric car. Right. right. Buttigieg says, well, you know, if you buy an electric vehicle, you won't have to pay buy any more gasoline, pay those high prices. Well, think about this, Matt. It'd be like him saying. Well, you don't like those uh, high commercial airline rates. Why don't you just just go buy a private jet, and, <laughs> and you can just you you can avoid all those commercial airline flights. You know, it's the same as saying well, go buy a hundred and ten thousand dollar Tesla uh, and charge it. And plus, you're going to have to put a charger in your house. Uh, these electric vehicles are just it, it doesn't make sense. They're fun to drive, from what I hear. Um, and are pretty, got the tremendous acceleration, but they do they don't do much to to save the environment. 
and the there uh, if you want to cut your emissions there's a lot of, of, of emissions involved in the creation of the batteries of the cars themselves the electric generation facilities that they're that they're using require a lot of that um, it's it just doesn't make sense and they're dangerous as well uh, these batteries can spontaneously combust we've seen that electric bus garages in both china and germany recently erupted in flames they just caught on fire in the middle of the night. The entire garage went up in flames. In fact, there are yeah, yeah. towns in Bavaria now, two, two cities in Bavaria that have banned parking electric vehicles inside any of their parking garages. Uh, just think about the horrific consequences of an underground parking garage. If you're two floors down under an office building, under an apartment building, thousands of people above you, and this electric vehicle catches on fire out of nowhere, well, you can't hardly put them out. They usually just let them burn out. And the fumes are so toxic uh, that, that in an enclosed area, the toxins and the toxic fumes are almost as bad as the fire itself. Uh, so there's a lot There's a lot wrong with these things. Uh, and plus, it's just going to put a tremendous stress on our electric grid, additional electricity use. Uh, and we already saw what happened in Texas Uh uh, with with the electric grid failure or near collapse in Texas of the electric grid failure. Um, so when I talk about electricity, uh, I talk about three things. It should be reliable, abundant, and affordable. Those three things. You only get that from natural gas and coal. Nuclear is reliable and abundant, but it's not affordable. Uh, none of those descriptors can be used for electric or wind. They're not reliable. They're not abundant. In other words, they don't provide a lot of electricity and they're not affordable unless you raise the price of everything else. And it's yeah, just, yeah. and you were talking earlier, you were talking earlier about my Twitter account. So you could, you could follow me on Twitter, but you can't on LinkedIn because I was recently banned for life. For, on LinkedIn? On LinkedIn. There's a, they politicized that tremendously. So I was, it started back in August. They started, I'm a scientist. So I, I post factually correct information that goes against this narrative of man-made catastrophic warming. I post just about everything I was posting. They would remove, delete, and call it mislead, false and misleading. My very last post on LinkedIn said, I think I'm about to be banned and deplatformed. They removed that post, called it false and misleading, and then banned and deplatformed me. You can't make this stuff up. So, uh, and then I, I appealed it. I appealed it. I said, I said, okay, I'll follow your rules and I will only post factually correct information. They said, no, nah, we don't allow that kind of, inf of, of information on LinkedIn. You don't allow factually correct information. So no, they, it, all of these <laughs> social media platforms are just, I, I, you know, I, I laugh about it. You know, I'd love, I had a huge following on LinkedIn and it, it, it I'd love to have that back. Uh, but you know these guys linked. I've I've known quite a few people that have been banned on LinkedIn. Uh, you're, the first, first, you're the first. You got You're the first guest that I've had on the show that's actually been banned from LinkedIn. We've all had our Twitter, YouTube, Facebook issues, but this is the first time I'm hearing about LinkedIn. So that's just awful. And on the private jet talk, that would not be so bad because at least you wouldn't have to wear a mask on the private jet <laughs> and. The, they it just follow the stock options with these guys. Just follow where they have stocks, right, Greg? Last word to you. We got a minute left. 
follow the stock options with these guys and you'll see why they're promoting what they're promoting. Yeah. Well, I, I'll, I'll tell your, your viewers and listeners sleep. Well, there is no climate crisis. Uh, you can please go to the CO2 coalition.org uh, to our website, take the climate quiz, look at the climate facts. I'll be adding more over the next more climate facts over the weekend, but again, sleep well. There's no climate emergency. Uh, life is good. Ecosystems are thriving and crops are breaking records year after year. I would call that a pretty good thing. That is a good thing. And a good thing too, is for you guys to check out the CO2 conference and Greg's book An inconvenient truth, CO2 coalition.org. Greg, Gregory, right? thank you so much for joining us on the buff show. Thank you. All right, we'll be right back after this. You guys stay with us. Since 2012, Cellular Tronics has been providing Central Florida with the best phone repair and electronics repair. We fix all electronics from iPhone, Samsung, Sony, and many more. We also do TV repair and fix your tablets. Right now, you can get a glass back cover for the iPhone 8 to an iPhone X for only $95. iPhone 11 and up, back covers are only $120. We have two locations to serve you in Sanford and DeBerry. Visit Cellulartronics.com or call 407-302-3396. That's Cellulartronics.com or 407-302-3396. Action Plus Pressure Cleaning is the official pressure washing company of The Buff Show. While Matt's doing the dirty work on the show, Action Plus Pressure Washing has been doing the dirty work for the last 15 years in Central Florida. They use a soft wash system to clean pool enclosures, driveways, pool decks, houses, and commercial property. They even clean large and small parking lots and buildings. Wow! Action Plus offers other services such as lawn maintenance, one-time service to weekly service, mowing, weeding, edging, and trimming, and hauling away debris. You can get more than one service, and they offer bundle pricing. Check out their weekly, bi-weekly, and monthly services for lawn maintenance and ask about their free stand Standard two driveway with house wash services. Family owned and operated. Get your free estimate at actionpluspressurecleaning.com or call 386-506-1048. That's 386-506-1048. Action Plus Pressure Cleaning. They aim to please. Welcome back to the Buff Show here in the Liam Fitzpatrick Studio. Matt Buff, your host on AM 950, 94.9 FM, the Enso Orlando. Manufacturing. Democrats love killing it, absolutely. And China loves taking as much as they can. Same with big tech. And this has just been a huge problem, especially since we display weakness with the Biden regime. And this weakness can't stand because it really cost Americans their livelihood. I want to bring on Doug Kelly. He's chief executive officer of the American Edge Project. Uh, Doug, this is great to have you on the show. I want to talk about your piece you wrote here in the uh, Columbus Dispatch, but how you doing? Welcome to the Buff Show. Hey, thanks so much for having me. It's great to be here. You know, it is, I mean, it's really our pleasure because when we were reading, when I was reading through this article about the just destruction of manufacturing in America, it's just awful. And there's China picking up the pieces. Right. And it seems like we'd rather make friends with them and make deals with them behind the scenes than actually do something to prevent them from just taking over our sectors in every big industry. Yeah, I mean, you know, my background is that I'm originally from Michigan and I grew, graduated in high school in the 80s where you could graduate from high school, leave high school and go get a great job at one of the many manufacturing plants there uh, and send your kids through college. But, you know, over the last 20 years, our country's lost more than 30% of its manufacturing jobs. And at the end of the day, that's because our elected officials in Washington 
didn't protect what we valued. And, you know, for me, being from Michigan, I see the same thing happening now with technology. Technology is just not another sector, Matt. It is the backbone of our entire economy, our national security, and also advancing our values across the globe. And so for me, when I hear people in D.C. wanting to kind of rein in big tech or take apart big tech, that sends up flags because it feels like the same manufacturing uh, malpractice that happened when we lost our competitive edge to China. Well, when when you look at this article and you talk about the 43% drop during a time period in your home, I mean, when you're talking about from 2001 to 2019, and when you go to certain areas of the country, it's just remarkable how much that is being lost. And it it's not always military that makes a country stronger, right? It's the backbone of the people that are working in said country. And that is a big, big problem. Right. So when you think about technology and innovation, right, it is the real deciding difference that we have in the globe. Like nobody can match Americans when it comes to technology or when it comes to innovation. Now, China, China is trying, right? They're not only investing a fortune in building their own capabilities for semiconductors and artificial intelligence, but also each year they have a whole industrial espionage program, hacking and stealing, that takes about $500 billion a year of technology out of America and sends it over to China. And so our lawmakers have to do two things. First, we want them to create as much incentives as possible to make sure that our technology uh, is the strongest, most innovative in the world. And secondly, they have to do things that check China from getting very secure technology and from taking that lead. I mean, at the end of the day, the president of China himself has said, China's inability to innovate, it is their Achilles heel, and they're trying to do it at our expense. So we need policymakers to protect what we value. This, the short-sighted bills that you reference in the article aren't doing anybody any good. When it comes to technology, why is it important for U.S. to be the leader? And are we talking the making of goods? Or are we talking about big tech, the whole thing? We're, we're, for technology, if you think about technology, not just as a sector, right? So manufacturing was a sector of our economy. But technology cuts across everything, just like your spinal cord, right? Every single thing is connected to that. So when you think about the pandemic and the, you know, the hundreds of thousands of small businesses all across Florida, they were struggling to make sure they stayed open. And what did they do? They plugged into technology and innovation. So social media to find new customers, additional tools to help them uh, recruit and find new leads and to find new markets to sell their products. And technology in our innovation was the difference between many of those businesses uh, staying open or shutting down. And it's the same thing with our national security, right? Our ability to prevent cyber attacks, our ability to build hypersonic missiles and things like that. Those are all the result of technology innovation. And that doesn't happen overnight. It happens because there's a sustained lasting period of investment, but also the right legal and regulatory framework to make sure that, you know, investors know, hey, we're going to get a great return here. Businesses have predictability. And that's what we want to make sure that lawmakers in Washington do to make sure that innovation ecosystem in America is as strong and as robust as it can be. Wouldn't that start with lower taxes on companies that manufacture technology and maybe just a little bit of help instead of tax and spend? There's a whole series of of incentives (laughs) that can be done, right? From, you know, plant relocation fees to even, even with the federal government, right? 
the share of research and development that is a share of our economy that the government has done, that pure basic R&D over the years has dropped precipitously. So adding additional investments into uh, just pure research and development and also the additional creation of semiconductors, those are meaningful investments that pay decades-long dividends for our country. So that would be better investments instead of what we're hearing about with climate change and electric cars and Green New Deal. What we need to look at is what is running America and, as you say, the spine of America. Let's build that up. Yeah, I mean, in reality, uh, look, there's a, there's a lot of approaches for climate change, but one of the things that's going to matter most to it is technology innovation, right? That At the end of the day, you can plant a billion trees, but at the end of the day, technology innovation is really going to help accelerate our success across all different areas of policy that Democrats and Republicans care about. That's how important and impactful it is. And so what do you see as far as when it comes to big tech and social media and things like that? Should they be monitored, do you think, by Section 230? And should it be reformed? What is your stance on that because of how they treat certain individuals based on, you know, what they believe in? Yeah, so Section 230, you know, it uh, it was put in the Telecom uh, Reform Act of uh, 1996. And in reality, that is what was key to helping create an inter- internet overall. And it protected free speech. It allowed people to find like-minded folks. So, you know, look, American companies don't always get it right when there's content moderation and things like that. But that is an essential element of our free and open internet is contrasted with China's closed and censored internet. And just one example of that, right? Um, there's this Chinese tennis star. Um, who spoke out about something in China um, and the Chinese government shut her down. They pulled her off the internet and she basically disappeared from all of their kind of Google version of searches. And whereas in America, like you, you may lose platform status, which you can appeal and try and get back on, but in China, you're just gone. And so there's a big difference between the, what we call them as techno autocracies and their vision of a closed and censored internet versus our techno-democracies versions of an open and free internet that's accessible to all. Okay, good point. Let's talk about the younger generation, too. Now, when I looked at your numbers on manufacturing in this article, mm-hmm. we're on with Doug Kelly here, and I looked at the numbers on manufacture, and it's really scary when it comes to the tech, because you just laid out what China likes to do with tech, and it's it's an autocracy, Absolutely. When when uh, when we look at the younger generation, how do we get them involved with getting into manufacturing and technology? Not everybody just wants to do coding. Right. Right. Well, there's a number of different things overall. Right. So um, first, we have a shortage of coders overall. Right. But some of that is that like, you know, in areas around Ohio that are smaller, that are more rural areas, rural areas, there's a ton of talent there. But we want to make sure we have different types of STEM programs and other things that can tap that next generation of programmers and coders. But at the same time, when you think about the big broad sweep of what considered technology, right? So it's uh, social, it's mobile, it's analytics, it's the internet of things like wearable devices and bio technologies. Like there's a lot of different manufacturing opportunities for those in this country as well. So, you know, when people talk about the metaverse or kind of the next phase in uh, the Internet itself, like that's going to happen because people will have wearable devices on their hands and, uh, you know, goggles and things like that. 
And I've done those demonstrations and they are really cool, um, but they got to be built somewhere, right? And we've got a lot of manufacturing capacity in this country that could build that next generation of internet tools right here in this country. And that would create a lot of jobs for the two thirds of people that don't have college degrees. Do you do any lobbying with like Microsoft? I know Elon Musk moved to Texas. I mean, are you doing any discussions with these companies? <laughs> any lobbying whatsoever? No, we don't do any lobbying, right? We're an advocacy and awareness group. So we, I do a lot of media appearances just like this to raise the alarms of, listen, American technology, you can't take it for granted, right? This these innovation ecosystem is a really fragile and gentle thing. Um, and it has an amazing result when you mix kind of the capital, the ideas, the talent, uh, and the right laws and regulatory background. But if you start messing with that, it's going to hurt our ability to innovate. And unfortunately, it's going to hand China a leg up in this race. And China's goal is very clear. They want to be the dominant superpower overall. And they know that technology and innovation is their pathway to get there. And so they vowed that by 2035, they'll be the number one superpower in technology and innovation. So look, the ball's in our court. We need to do everything we can to hold off from them from getting the lead and do everything we can to extend our lead in this race. It's that important and everybody in the world is counting on us to do it. Well, I'm, I got excited. I go America on technology. <laughs> I'm with you. Doug Kelly, Chief Executive Officer of the American Edge Project. Where can they go to find more information? Talk, talk about the American Edge Project. Yeah, sure. Uh, so we're a coalition of 22 different groups from across the country. Uh, and we, we let people know about the importance of American technology and how important it is to our economy, our national security, and our values. You can find more information about the American Edge Project by going online at the AmericanEdgeProject.org, and you'll see a lot of our different position papers, a lot of different things that'll uh, give you more information about China and some of the challenges and threats posed by them. One last question. Thank yeah. you for all that information. We'll post the links on thebuffshow.com for sure. Thanks. But one last question before you go. When that hack happened on the pipelines in North Carolina, it really was very disruptive. Isn't what you're doing going to help us protect from those cyber kind of attacks by just keeping a handle on the most advanced technology here in America? Amen. I mean, you know, we lose, like I said, $500 billion a year due to hacking. And so uh, companies like Microsoft and Amazon and Facebook, they invest a ton of money in cybersecurity. Uh, some work closely with the Department of Defense as well. So at the end of the day, our cybersecurity is really driven by a lot of these big companies. And so for us, we want to make sure that we have the best cyber protections uh, in the world so that we can keep what's ours and we can prevent from commerce from being disrupted by bad intentioned actors. Well, good stuff. Everybody check it out. That's Doug Kelly. He's the CEO of the American Edge Project. Thank you so much for joining us on The Buff Show and giving us all this great information on how we can save our country. Hey, thanks so much, Matt, and have a good day, everybody. You too. Merry Christmas. And we'll be right back on The Buff Show. You guys stay with us. Veritas Tactical. Tactical, a family and law enforcement owned company where you can get custom built ARs with purpose built precision. They have a full line of handguns like Glock, Sig Sauer, Smith & Wesson, and get your everyday carry items and accessories. Moreover, they are your Liberty Safe dealer. Need training? Veritas Tactical has all you need from getting your CCW to advanced tactical courses, female survival courses, and force-on-force scenarios. Veritas Tactical has a full-time gunsmith on site, Sarah Coding Services, Laser 
engraving, and more. Mention The Buff Show and get a $25 discount on courses. You'll find Veritas Tactical at 207 North Goldenrod Road, Suite 200 in Orlando. Contact Veritas Tactical, 407-309-3000, 407-309-3000, and at VeritasTactical.com. Veritas Tactical. Tactical. A boring website can make your company look really bad. (sighs) Poor rankings on Google, Yahoo, and Bing means your company does not exist to thousands of monthly searchers. I'm not even on the front page. Come out of hiding with JJC Marketing Solutions and get found to more and more new customers every day. At JJC Marketing Solutions, they offer state-of-the-art website creation, Google SEO, PPC campaigns, and social media marketing that makes your company stand out. No need to go with those national companies that only care about you on the first call. JJC Marketing is located right here in Sanford, and the goal is to help businesses like yours succeed. Get better results. Call 321-765-7710 or visit them at jjcmarketingsolutions.com. I'm somebody now! JJC Marketing Solutions. Welcome back to The Buff Show here in the Liam Fitzpatrick studio. Matt Buff, your host, the AM 950, FM 94.9 FM, The Answer Orlando. Great to have you rolling along with us. We're going to do go back right into our Buff Show Christmas book tour right now. And we have a very special guest with us. Harlan Rector is a playwright. He's voiceover artist, portrait artist, and so much more. And we're talking about the I Matter book series today. Harlan, welcome to The Buff Show. Great to have you with us. Thank you very much. It's great to be here. Thank you. And um, um, as I say, you're you're in Orlando. I'm in Ponte Vedra, so we are just Florida neighbors. Just Florida neighbors living our best life in a free society. How about that, Harlan? Absolutely. Thank you. (laughs) Very cool. Talk about some of your highlights in your career, because for decades you've been doing voiceover work. Um, the playwright is phenomenal. A Taste of Heaven, the musical. Right. Talk about some of your highlights in your career. Well, I started uh, for 20 years. I was an art director, producer in uh, ad agencies all over the country. And um, I thought that was uh, that was it. And, and one time uh, out in L.A., when I lived in L.A., I did a little demo record, uh, recording rather, of a commercial because we wanted to tell the uh, show the Japanese client, it was for Honda, um, what the little commercial was going to sound like, sort of. And we didn't have any money to pay an announcer, so I just went into a, a booth in a big studio and never did it before. And I just read this commercial, but there was the top voiceover woman just finished a session of her own happened to be in with the engineer, and when I started talking, she stopped talking to him, and I, I thought I did something wrong, <laughs> but she was discovering me, and afterwards she came over and she said, are you in this business very long? I said, no, no, I'm, I'm an art director. She said, well, you shouldn't be, and she uh, took me under her wing, taught, taught me a lot about the voiceover business, and sent me off to another voiceover workshop in L.A. And this guy, uh, this guy was so impressed. He, he called an agent on my behalf, and I, I didn't know anything about that business. And um, the agent said, well, I gave him a little demo tape, and he said, well, I think we'll give you a shot. And it was the top voiceover agent in L.A. I mean, wow. See, I what I did was, uh, Buff. I when I started this career as voiceover, I didn't know anything about it, and I said to God, 
you gave me the voice, so you're going to have to handle my career, and I and I don't know what I'm doing. Well, man, he, I tell you, there was miracle after miracle happened, and uh, I, I went to New York and because I met a guy in L.A. who gave me his calling card. I went to see him in New York, didn't know a soul in New York. They took me on, and it was the top agent in New York. And I was there 20 years doing all kinds of, it was just, it was just amazing how, uh, how God stepped in and, uh, and helped me out. And I promised that I was going to change my life, and I did. Um, got out of advertising, and uh, um, so that's, that's how I started doing voiceovers. And, and, um, but then God wasn't through with me. He started giving me things to do, <laughs> to do for him. And um, I, I wrote and uh, produced 40 radio dramas called Light. Uh, they were about how God works in people's lives, true stories. And I had never done that before, but I, I, felt, I, I felt that I was being inspired to do that. They were on Christian radio stations all over the country. And it must have been thousands and thousands of people who heard them, but I have no idea because uh, it's none of my business what happens after I plant the seed. Uh, the nurturing and all that is up to God, I guess. You know that. So, uh, Well, Light, Light is a very interesting series that you did. Um, Light standing for Living in God's Hands Today. That's correct. And 40 episodes of this, which ran across Christian radio stations across the country, and you even won a Angel Award for Excellence in Broadcasting for this. Absolutely. Thank you for that. I'm, you did your homework. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that that was wonderful. And um, it was like a... It was like a, a Christian Academy Awards, and uh, so I was I was very proud of that. So, and then um, later on, um, I started writing lyrics to songs, and I had never done that before either. And I had no idea why I was doing it, but they were songs that were uh, were to be sung by people who were close to Jesus during his three years in ministry on earth. And I, the first song I wrote was Barabbas. And I thought, why am I doing this? Right. But it, it's, it's, it's about how he felt about knowing Jesus. And then I wrote a song that would be sung by Judas, and then Mary Magdalene, and then uh, John the Baptist, and the, the kid who had the loaves and fishes. Uh, I had 14 of these things done. I had no idea why I was doing it, or even how. The words were just coming to me. And after about 14 of these lyrics, I thought, well, maybe maybe these could be in a musical. So I started writing the book for a musical and still didn't have a note of music for any of these. And a friend of mine in uh, New York, who a producer that I had done some um, History Channel work for, just called me out of the blue and said, what are you up to since you left us in New York and moved back to St. Louis? I said, well, I'm, I'm writing lyrics to songs. I have no idea why. And he said, what are they about? I told him, and he said, well, you ought to send them to my friend in Nashville. He, he used to write show music for me when he lived in New York. I said, I won't do that. I'm going to send them to you, and if you think they're worth anything, you can pass them on. Well, he did. And a couple of weeks later, the guy called me from Nashville. He said, I love these lyrics, and I want to write all your music. 
Wow. And he did. And and we've ended up writing 20 over 20 songs and and the, the whole script for a musical and a little theater down in near Branson picked it up and ran it for 18 performances. It's, it was just incredible. And um, a theater in St. Louis ran it for 10 performances. And then I thought I had was given the thought that uh, I'm, I'm preaching to the choir because they're they're just you know they're like a lot of the faith-based things that are being done you know. But when you go to a theater and see a faith-based movie, the only people there are the ones who don't need it. But <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. so I was. Uh, I'm in, I'm in a quest to to reach the fence sitters, the people who don't think much about religion anymore, but uh, but would like to be entertained. So I changed the name to from AD. The name of the the show is. A taste of heaven, and I'm. I, I, my son uh, took the script from the stage play and converted it into a screenplay script, and I'm now I've, I'm now trying to reach um, producers who pr have produced musicals, and I because this is this is it's a little offbeat. It's uh, well, it, sure it's offbeat. It opens in heaven with Gabriel and Isaiah arguing. Now you know that doesn't happen in heaven, but I don't know anything about. So so I'm, it's it's a very very interesting script. It's very funny, but it, but in the process you get some of these songs that were um, like Bible stories, that written by, that are sung by actors that uh, that. That these two guys go down to earth and and cast. Well, I, I can't go on anymore. I, I'm talking. You, you should be talking too. <laughs> I'm <So>. just fascinated <laughs> by what you're saying. A Taste of Heaven. You premiered that in 2010, and then just a couple days ago, you actually had uh, the second book in a series drop, the I Matters book. Correct. Just That's two a, days th ago. There yeah, was a, yep. That's true. And this this is um, basically on how people can find purpose in any stage of their life. Is that yes, correct? That's exactly right. I was uh, I I was I asked God what He wanted me to do in, in a time of prayer, and before I could even get that out of my mouth, I said, "I think I'll write a book called I Matter." And this just came out of well, it didn't come out of the blue. Uh, you know where it came from. I know where it came from, but it it was startling to me. And um, I worked out in the next fifteen minutes. I worked out what exactly this was. This was going to be a book about people who would write essays or stories about some positive thing that happened in their life that could have changed their life or changed someone else's or gave them a new direction. But everything is positive because. Boy, we we need that today. We do certainly, and this book is available along with part one on Amazon and Barnes and Noble. That's and correct. you're also accepting essays, right? Where people can write in. Well, to... we just yep we did we and what happened what is that uh, we put a second book out called I Matter Two, and the third book I Still Matter just came out last week. And so okay. all th all three books are Amazon and Barnes and Noble, and um, 
they're just incredibly uh, uh, fasc- they're fascinating because they are they're true happenings how God worked in their life to uh, to uh, change something and so they're wonderful stories and they they they're, they're written by uh, a variety of people every every uh, ethnic uh, person every kind of religious background every kind of uh, um, uh, you know it's just it's, it doesn't doesn't come from one source there's a, a story in the first book a friend of mine who was a heroin addict for uh, 17 years and he got um, saved to the point where he opened up his own uh, house for for uh, 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 drug and alcohol um, uh, men, and he has saved hundreds and hundreds of lives. Wow! Because uh, just you know, and he wrote this story. This is a wonderful story. Um, there's there's stories from all kinds of people, and um, something for everyone. Well, that's fantastic, Harlan Rector. Uh, my son wanted me to give you a shout out because you did the narration for a Buzz Bu- uh, Bugs Bunny movie right. in 1990. Oh. <laughs> but I want everybody right. to check out the uh, I Matter books. We're going to put the links on thebuffshow.com and also on our loo- newsletter for our Buff Show Christmas book series. You can get these on Amazon Boy, in time wonderful. for Christmas at, at this point. Harlan Rector, thank you so much for joining us on the show. Thank you, and incidentally, they make great gifts. Even if you, um, you know, if you if you're looking for a gift, then it's not they don't cost that much. But it's a wonderful thing to give to your parents, to your uh, to your child. To That's your right. And they'll be here in time for Christmas, everybody, because two day shipping on Amazon. Very nice stuff, Harlan Rector. Thank you for joining us on the Buff Show. Thank you. My pleasure. God bless you. God bless you, and Merry Christmas. Thank you. Okay, that'll do it for this evening's edition of The Buff Show. Merry Christmas, and stay smart out there. We'll see you next time.